You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hello, friends, and welcome. It is 2021. Happy New Year. If you're watching this, you've made it through to a new year. I know 2020 was a difficult one. So many challenges in so many different ways. And even though the calendar has turned, some things are still the same. But here's what's great about a new year. We get to turn the page. And hopefully had a chance to look back and reflect on, yeah, some of the challenges that happened, but even some of the ways that God came through for you in 2020. And I had an opportunity to do that myself and just so many things to be thankful for, even in the midst of a challenging season and year. But as we turn the page and excited to look forward to what God has for us in this new year and just praying and, and hopeful that things are going to improve and get better in our world and um, things will start to open back up. Let's believe that together. Uh, it's going to be so excited to be able to gather again on a regular basis. And one of the things that happens every year, whether there's a pandemic or not, that when the new year happens, we begin to set New Year's resolutions or our goals. And a lot of times people are down on that. They'll say, you know, it's ridiculous or why do you do that or how fast can you break your New Year's resolution? But honestly, I think it could be something good and healthy. It'd be good to set goals. And we do it all the time, right? We do them on, on fitness. And we're going to work out more. We're going to be healthy. We're going to eat better. Or we want to do better in our finances or save up for something. Or we have a goal that we want to achieve or, or uh, something we want to do or somewhere we want to travel. We could set goals. And that's a really great thing to do. And you could do that at any time. You don't have to wait for January to roll around. But there's just something really great about getting in those rhythms of life that every year when the new year rolls around that we can set some resolutions, some things that we want to do some areas that we want to grow. I think that's healthy and that's something that really should be encouraged. And this is especially true when it comes to spiritual growth because I can't really help you with the finances side or the exercise or the eating right part. There are other people who are experts in that area and (laughs) me, not so much. But I can help you when it comes to spiritual growth and I want to encourage us and challenge us to talk about spiritual discipline and some goals that we can set for ourselves coming into the new year. Now, when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, everything's new, right? And you really don't really understand all that you entailed being a Christian in the Christian walk and the Christian faith. As a matter of fact, we can be young and even immature in our Christian faith. And this is why we've got to make some goals, put some work into it, and grow in our relationship with God. Matter of fact, there's someone in the New Testament who was an expert at this, and his name was Paul. Paul would travel all over the known world at that time, and he would help start new churches. He would encourage people who were started new churches and new Christians. And because Christianity was rapidly spreading at that time, there were lots of people who were just coming to the faith and becoming Christians and following after Jesus. Now, because of this, there were a lot of people who didn't really fully know what it was like to follow after Jesus, how to live like them. And so he had to teach them in ways that they could understand. And the goal was to get them to not stay where they were, but to help them grow and to mature in their relationship with Christ. We see him addressing some of these people at the church in Corinth. He's talking to them in 1 Corinthians 3, telling them how this works. He says, Dear brothers, I have been talking to you as though you were still just babies in the Christian life who are not following the Lord, but your own desires. I cannot talk to you as I was a healthy Christian who are filled with the Spirit. I have to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't digest anything stronger. And even now you still have to be fed on milk. 
for you are still only baby Christians, controlled by your own desires, not God's. When you are jealous of one another and divide up into quarreling groups, doesn't that prove that you are still babies, wanting your own way? In fact, you're acting like people who don't belong to the Lord at all. Now, Paul just called us all a bunch of babies. What do you think about that? I didn't say it was in the Bible. Now, here's something we've got to pause on. There's nothing wrong with being a baby. There is a season for someone to be an infant. And if you're new to the Christian faith, that's great. It's awesome to be a baby. If someone is just physically born, it's great to be in the baby stage. There's nothing wrong or abnormal with that. But there has to become a point where someone begins to mature and grow. And the same thing is true in our faith. And I think something really amazing to point out here that Paul kind of mentions twice in this passage talking about how he could tell someone's a spiritual baby or a baby Christian is because they were living for their own wants and desires instead of God's. They just wanted their way. They wanted what they wanted in that moment instead what God wanted for them or living for God's will or God's way. This is kind of a litmus test that Paul's talking about. He could tell that they weren't really maturing in their faith because they just simply wanted their own way and he has to feed them with milk instead of solid food. Now that's good. You need to be started on milk, right? We don't start babies. Baby comes out and we're like, here's a cheeseburger. No, we want them to start on milk, but we want to get to a point where they progress and mature to solid food. And the same thing is true in our faith, that we want to mature in our faith. There is an appropriate season and time to be fed with milk, and then there is an appropriate time to grow and mature and develop to solid foods. Steak somebody. Come on, we want to get to that point where we're eating steak, not just drinking milk all the time. And, and this is just the natural part of life. Now, if this happened with someone developmentally, if your baby was born and it's cute, they drink milk or you give them a bottle and oh, it's so cute and they're so soothed by that and they love their, their baba time, right? And it's just so amazing and comforting and warm. But And, that, and that's cute and that's normal. But I don't think you would think it was so cute and normal if your teenager would come down to the kitchen and only take a bottle for food. That would, that would be kind of weird. You'd probably kind of like... What's wrong with, with him? What's, what's going on? Why are they only taking a bottle? Don't they know we have all this other food? Check out the fridge and the closet and the pantry. There, there's so much other things you can eat. Why are you only taking this bottle? There would be something wrong. Something would be stunted in their development. That wouldn't be healthy. And this directly correlates to our relationship with God and our spiritual walk with Him when we're following after Jesus and we say yes to Him and we're a baby Christian. We've got to mature beyond the point of just the milk. We've got to grow and do some difficult things. We've got to do some spiritual disciplines. Now, why do they call them disciplines like anything in life? Probably because it's hard. Probably because it's going to be challenging. But here's the thing about being disciplined, whether it's in your spiritual life or whether it's with your physical or what you eat or you exercise or with your finances or with your time. If you're disciplined on the front end and you're willing to put the time and the work in, there's always a payoff and a benefit on the other side. And when we're disciplined in our spiritual life and we put spiritual disciplines into place, the investment will always be worth the reward and blessing on the other side. So as we kick off this brand new series today, and you might have caught the title and it might have made you scratch your head a little bit and be like, what are we talking about? Well, this series is called F-Words. And I thought it'd be really appropriate coming out of 2020 that we could all just use a bunch of F-Words. No, it's not what it's about whatsoever. But we are talking about F-Words in this series. And the first one we're going to talk about is actually first fruits. F-Words, first fruits. And this is something that is very biblical. And to unpack this briefly for you, what this means is first fruits is a theme that runs all throughout the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, way back in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, when people were following after God, God challenged them and he asked them to do some things. And he asked them to do all these rituals. They would do these celebrations or these feasts. 
And they would do these throughout the years, like on the calendar, and they were very religious about following these. And one of the things that they would do was provide their first fruits, or they'd bring the first fruits to God. Now, this translate in that time that if they were a farmer, they would bring the first of their grains or their crop, or if they raised animals or livestock, they'd bring the firstborn of the lamb, the sheep, the, the goat, whatever it was that they raised, whatever was in their life that they did, they would bring the first fruit, the first part, maybe the firstborn or the first crop, whatever came in, and it was something that God developed over time to be able to show that they were following after God, bringing them their first, bringing them their best. And the literal meaning of first fruits is refers to the portion of the harvest which is given to God. Most notably, first fruits are the first to come in time, chronologically, like the firstborn. It's a pledge to come, uh, a hope of a greater harvest to follow, knowing that you're given your first fruit, but there's more coming. And it's specifically dedicated to God. That was the first fruit. Now, that was physically what it was. Now, the spiritual meaning is this. By giving God the first fruits, the people of God, the Israelites, following after God, they acknowledge that all all good things, they came from God and everything belonged to God. So they were saying by bringing this first fruit that God, you're the one that blessed us with it. You're the one that provided it. You're the one that made the way. So we're going to give you that first portion. We're also acknowledging that it's all from you and it's all for you. And this is what we're doing with our first fruits. That's what they would do. Giving the first fruits was also a way of expressing God's provision. It was having faith in him. Just as he provided the first fruits, he would also provide the rest of the harvest that would come after that would, they would need to sustain them and bring them life. And now here's what's really amazing about the Feast of First Fruits is that this was actually initiated well before the people of Israel had their own land. They were still wandering in the wilderness. They had no home. They had no crops. They had no land of their own to be able to do this. And still at this point, they instituted this and it was something God asked them to do. They observed in faith, knowing that as they continued to bring God their first fruit, that God would bring them into the land that he had promised them. See, he told them that one day they would have their own land and it would be a rich land and it would be somewhere they would experience all these wonderful and amazing blessings, but they weren't there yet. They were really far from there. They were a long ways off, but they still instituted these first fruits where they knew this promise that God had them. They were saying, we have faith that you're going to lead us to where it is that you want us to go. They were meant to show that God was first in every area of their life, saying that they put their full trust and faith in him. And now, while we no longer celebrate um, the first, you know, fruit, we don't do these traditions and these rituals anymore. And thank goodness, someone, because it was pretty complicated and a lot of steps. And aren't you glad you don't come to church anymore and, you know, bring the fatted calf and we slash it open there and throw it on the altar and make worship a little bit different, wouldn't it? Um, but we don't do those traditions and things anymore. Um, a lot of things changed when Jesus came. But the thing that didn't change is that God still wants to be first in our lives. And so while we don't follow these traditions, we still bring our first fruits to God. Why? To bring him worship and to show him that he is first in our life. Now, what does that look like? We're going to unpack that over the next couple of weeks as we continue to talk about F words and we're talking about first fruits. But today, that F word that I want to unpack for our first fruits is the word fasting. The word fasting. Now, you may have heard this before, and if you've been around Treeline for a little while, you probably heard us talk about this. Or maybe you grew up in church, you have some experience with prayer and fasting, and maybe you know a whole lot about this subject. Maybe you know a little bit, and maybe you know nothing at all. And that's okay. We're going to talk about this and unpack what this means, the importance of spending time in prayer and spending time in fasting. And honestly, 
This has been so integral in my life. When you're like, well, yeah, Brian, you're, you're a pastor. You probably have to do all those things. God expects it of you. No, friends, even as a follower of Jesus, my vocation aside in being a pastor, this has been so central to my life, making prayer and fasting a centerpiece of my walk with God allowing me to be close with him, feeling his lead and guidance and direction in my life, in my personal life, and in my family, and in my relationships. This has been so key and so central and something that I really want to challenge us with and say, hey, maturing and getting off that milk, it's going to take a little work and effort on our part, but I believe it is so worth it. I'm going to put the pastor hat on, I'm going to put the shepherd hat on, and I'm going to prod you a little bit in this series, and even starting today with this idea of fasting, and you probably heard us talk about it every January. We do something called 21 days of prayer and fasting, where we spend three weeks, 21 days, fasting and praying and asking God, declaring the goodness, the word, the scripture of God, and just believing those things for the year to come. Now, what is this idea of fasting? Because we hear about prayer, and we're like, I kind of get the idea of prayer, right? We pray, and it's communicating to God. God's communicating to us, and um, it's just this communication and speaking to each other. And we, we kind of understand prayer. It's not as complicated or difficult or far-fetched idea to grasp. But fasting, what is that and why? When we talk about prayer, okay, we're talking to God, you know, we're making our requests known. And we're spending time reading the Bible, but what is this fasting thing? What is this all about? And it's all throughout the Old Testament before Jesus and after Jesus came, even in the New Testament. His followers and even Jesus himself were someone who expressed themselves through prayer and fasting. Now, fasting is simply this all throughout the Bible, it's denying yourself food. So, denying yourself flesh, we're like, whoa, that just got real difficult real quick. And why do we do that? It's denying our flesh so that we can spend more time with God and bring Him worship that we are honoring God. It allows us to draw closer to Him. It allows us to have personal revival and grow in our faith. It, it brings healing and even direction to our life. And I know that might sound challenging. We're going to unpack this over a couple minutes and hopefully put a couple tools in your hand to help explain this and help you grow and step out in faith in this area of your life. Once we get to the New Testament and you start hearing about fasting, it's usually always accompanied with prayer. It's not just simply going without food, but it's the prayer side of it. That you're denying yourself the food in order that you'll spend more time with God in prayer. And prayer and fasting is something that even Jesus himself tells his disciples about. Matter of fact, there's a story one time in the book of Mark where Jesus' disciples, his closest followers, who basically Jesus was training them how to follow after him, they tried to cast out this demon and this person who was demon-possessed, and, and they couldn't do it. And they were kind of disappointed. And when they get inside the house later behind closed doors, they begin to ask Jesus, well, what happened? And they ask him, and Mark 9, 28 says, And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out. In verse 29, he said, so he said to them, this kind can come out only by nothing but prayer and fasting. He was telling them that there, there are some things like what you're trying to do. Yeah, I get it, but it's going to require a little bit more of some prayer and fasting. And I think this is so fascinating because I think this really can echo in so many areas of our spiritual walk with relationship with God. That if we're feeling distant from Him, if we're not exactly getting to the place where we want to be in our faith and our walk and relationship, if we're feeling frustrated or even wanting to walk away or feeling disconnected with our faith or brothers and sisters in Christ or even feeling far away from God, I would say the same thing is true that there are some things that just require spending time in prayer and fasting and our relationship with God. And fasting and prayer coupled together really bring a few different things. The first one is it can help us hear from God. 
Fasting can shut out the distractions and make us be more attuned to the voice of God and hear the direction and hear His voice. It can also reveal hidden sin in our life. It can shine a light on those things that maybe we're doing that aren't so pleasing to God or even destructive to ourselves and others. Fasting and prayer can strengthen our intimacy with God that when we can feel distant and far away from Him, praying and fasting can be a season that allows us to feel close to Him again and bring that intimacy back that we may be missing. It can also teach us to pray with right motives. Sometimes it can be so easy just to bring our laundry list of prayer to God and list out all the things that we want and need and think that He should do for us. But prayer and fasting could also help us pray with the right motives, not just praying our will and desires, but praying God's will, praying His heart, praying His desires for us and for this world. And the last thing it can do is it can help us by building our faith and can help us mature and grow in our walk and relationship with God. So those are all the things that fasting can do. Now, here's what fasting is not. Fasting is not a way to lose weight. It's not like a diet plan. It's not like, hey, I'm going to spiritual fast so I can lose a couple pounds. That's not what it's about either. And fasting also is not a magic trick that we can do in order to manipulate God to do what we want him to do. It's not like God's up in heaven and we stop eating. He's like, "Uh uh-oh. Well, they skipped dinner tonight. I better give them whatever they want. No, it's, it's not some trick that we do to manipulate God into giving us what it is that we want. Fasting is simply an act of worship to God. And that has to be our key motivation. Not what we can get from God, not the experience or feeling that we can get from it. We've simply got to approach it like any other first fruit that we bring to God. It starts with the heart and it starts with the position of an act of worship, bringing glory to God, like singing songs to Him, like giving of our finances. When we fast, it is an act of worship that we're bringing to God. It honors Him. And when we honor God, He blesses us. And we see this so many times throughout the scripture. And here's a key that I'm going to give you with fasting. That if you were just simply stop eating or you skip a meal and you don't spend that extra time in prayer, you're just pretty much starving yourself. There's got to be a trade-off where you're actually spending time in prayer, speaking to God, getting in His presence. And this is something that really is hard. I'm not going to tell you that this is something easy. This is a, a difficult spiritual discipline to get into and to stick with and follow through. And it's a part of that maturing process. Matter of fact, Jesus himself, as he was talking to some of his followers, and he was talking to them about fasting, he used this word. He said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. It was an expectation of his followers saying, when you fast. So it's not something that we can say, well, that's just for people who are like high-level Christians, or that's for those people who are really serious and deep and woo about their faith. No, no, Jesus is saying, if you're my follower, this is kind of an expectation that's something you need to do. Now, here's that pastor had maybe prodding and, and pro, you know, poking you a little bit to step out in faith and grow and be like, this isn't for someone else to do. If you're serious about your relationship with God and you want to mature and grow in your faith, which should be our goal, then we've got to step up to the plate and begin to do some of those things. Now, I'm not talking about stepping off the deep end and trying to figure this thing all out and do it all crazy and be like, that's it. I'm not eating for a couple of months and I'm just going to go in the closet and pray. Pastor told me I got to do it to mature. No, friends, we got to back up and, and slow down a little bit. So how do we fast? How do we do this? And I'll say this, you've got to start slow. You've got to start small. 
Remember what about Bob? Baby steps. I would say this is so true in every area of your spiritual disciplines when you're trying to grow in your life. And that's just across the board. If you're trying to work out or get healthy or do financial goals, you got to start small. You got to start with baby steps. If you're trying to get healthy, if you want to exercise, you're not like, hey, this year I'm going to do better exercise. January 1 marathon. No, no, no one does that. It takes a long time to get to that point. The same thing is true in our spiritual disciplines with fasting, that you've got to start small. You got to make goals, small goals to be able to achieve them, learn them, and be able to do them. And I'll say this from the onset, that if there's any kind of medical complications or anything that you've got going on that way, that this must be done under the care of a doctor. You've got to know your body, know yourself, and know your limits, not trying to push you to do something that's going to cause physical harm to yourself. But it's just understanding that there's something that we can do. And here's the best thing I can do to help you out with this. There is so much more than I can unpack right now today in this video. So what I'm going to ask you to do is go to our website, treeline.church, and under the 21 Days of Prayer tab, you will see some articles written about fasting. They're very practical. There's some knowledge about the spiritual side of it and the discipline side of it. There's some very practical steps that will even talk about some ways of how to start up and prepare your body for a fast, the different types of fasts, how long you do that, what you do when you break the fast, coming out of it, and the things that you do in spending time with God. God. They're really great, easy, just take you a few minutes to read. It'll really help you out in the knowledge of this area. And just really want to put that in your hand to help you to get this guide to be able to make these steps. Because for you, it might sound crazy to fast for three weeks. And maybe that is just too much of a step. Maybe for you, it's just starting by skipping a meal a day or a meal a week. Or just figuring something out like that. You're taking a small step or, or cutting out a certain type of food where you're not going to eat sugar or carbs or, or something that you enjoy all the time. It's important that it is a challenge because if you can just go without it, how much of an act of worship is that to God if it's not something that really cost you anything? So it's important that it is challenging to you. And now beyond the food, there is something called a soul fast that people will do that if they have a medical condition or they, they're not able to, to fast food, that they will begin um, to fast something else like media or, or the, the um, internet or social media or not going on Facebook or Instagram or not watching Netflix or television for a certain amount of time being able to cut that out of their life in order to deny themselves to spend more time with God to grow closer to Him. But I would encourage you to let it be something challenging for you and to step out in some way and do this with us this year. And, and even as we do this with a fasting piece, coupling it with the prayer side, that when we're praying, yes, we're bringing our petitions and what we want from God, but that we're praying through the scripture, that we're declaring the things and the good promises of God over our life, our children, our family, our finances, our homes, and that we're praying God's will and that we're drawing closer to Him and aligning ourselves to Him. His will. I think this is key when Paul talked about that, that you're still a spiritual baby because you just simply want your way and your desires. And this is true even in our prayer life. As we grow and mature in our prayer life, we're not just simply praying through the things that we want, but we're praying for God's will. This year for Treeline, we have three prayer declarations that we have set out that we're believing corporately as a church. Those are available online under the 21 Days of Prayer heading. You can take a look at those. We have a link to scripture. You can see examples of how we did those and wrote those out. And what we're going to do this year is we're going to ask every single one. I'm going to challenge you to write out three of your own prayer declarations. You're like, man, Brian, that sounds really challenging. I know you can do this. Find a scripture that goes alongside of it. If that's overwhelming or you need help, reach out to a small group leader 
here, reach out to me. I'd love to come alongside of you and help you and make some prayer declarations that you are believing this year. I'm going to invite you to join us, to fast with us, and do 21 days of prayer, January 6th through the 27th. We start at the last meal on the 6th, and then we go all the way through 21 days, and we break it with breakfast that next that following 21 days. And at the end of it, we do something called Sacred Assembly where we gather together. That'll probably look a little bit different this year, but we're still planning on doing something where we celebrate and we come out of that, break that fast and celebrate and give God worship and glory for this year coming ahead. Now you say, Brian, this is a whole lot of information. I think I need a little more help. I need a little more guidance. Well, I just want to say, make sure you check out those resources on the website. And especially on the prayer side of things, there's a book that I want to recommend and it might look familiar to because you, you might already have it because we gave them to everyone last year. But if you don't have one of these books, it's Praying with Confidence by Pastor Jeff Leake, who's a friend of ours, um, one of our church overseers up in Allison Park, um, north of the city. Um, and he wrote this book and it's a very simple read. It's just a couple of uh, chapters. You can probably knock it out in 15 minutes at the beginning that talks about prayer, how to pray through God's word, how to align yourself with God's will, how to pray, do prayer declarations. Very simple, very basic things to be able to give you and apply to your prayer life. And then what's great about it is if you over the 21 days, you're like, what do I pray about for three weeks every day? The great thing is, is this book, after those first couple of chapters talking about prayer, is just a simple walk through each day of something that you can pray for and just kick you through, give you right there, prayer by color. It couldn't get any easier just to read through there. If you have the book or you want a physical copy, you can get it online. Here's the good news. You can also get it as an ebook. It's available on the Kindle app, and it's also available in Apple Books. And here's also the great news. If you have the Hoopla app, you can check that out. If you have a library card, you can get books for free on it digitally on your device, iPad, tablet, um, whatever it is that you have, and you can get them on there. And this book is actually on there on the Hoopla app, and so you can get it and read it that way. However you need to get it, I encourage you to get it. If you have it last year, dig it back out, dust it off, get it off the shelf, read through it again. It'll just take you a couple minutes. And if you need that daily prayer guide, it's such a great way to help you pray through this. But I want to encourage you to bring this first fruit, the first part of the year. And why do we do this every January? Well, we figured we all had a couple of pounds to lose after the holidays, so it would be a great time to fast. No, that's not why we do it at all. We do it because it's January, the beginning of the year, and we're bringing our first fruits, the first part of our year. And we're saying, God, we're dedicating this to you to spend time in prayer and fasting. We're giving you the first part of our year. Friends, I know this requires some maturity. I know this requires some growing in our faith and stretching and stepping out and trying some things, but many people will accept Jesus and never grow past being a baby Christian. There's nothing wrong with being a baby Christian, but there's something wrong with not growing and maturing past that point. Friends, we want to get past the point of just being on the milk. There's so much reward and benefit and blessing that comes from maturing and growing in our faith. And there's so much benefit of expanding your palate from milk, right? Come on, somebody, cheeseburgers and steak. How about some chocolate or Thai food? Man, if you're just limiting yourself and your relationship with God to just be at that infant stage and have that spiritual milk, you're missing out on so much of the richness and fullness of God that comes in these spiritual disciplines of bringing him in this first fruit and spending time in prayer and fasting with him. So did you catch the challenge? 21 days of prayer starts this Wednesday. You can find all the information on the website, social media. It'll be in your email. You can't miss it. Get the book, Praying with Confidence by Jeff Leak. Make three prayer declarations. You need to write those bad boys down. Maybe get out your notes app, get out 
out a notebook, whatever you need to do, write those down so you have those to pray through each day, and you're going to have to find a time to do this for 21 days to spend time with God in prayer. I don't know what that looks like for you, but here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. You're probably going to have to get up a little earlier because if you don't do it and set a specific time, I, you know, I don't need to be a psychic or a prophet to tell you this, you're probably not going to find the time to do it. You're going to have to set up your alarm clock a little bit early to get up a few extra moments, maybe a half hour to spend with God and spend in prayer and spend time with God during these 21 days and find something to fast. Find what's going to work for you. Read through those articles. Make a plan and stick to that. Plan. Well, what if what if I fail? What if I mess up? That's okay. It's not about legalism. It's not like God. Well, they messed that up. I was going to hear their prayer, but they blew it. I saw them eat that potato chip. It's over. No, friends. Just if you fall off the wagon, get back up and keep going. It's simply an act of worship to honor God to practice this spiritual discipline. If those three prayer declarations, maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for a relationship. Maybe needing to hear God or get some direction. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's growth or growing closer to Him. But make those, write them down, pray through them all 21 days. We'll be talking about this more over the next month. Just really want to encourage you. You can take a look at the three prayer declarations for Treeline on the website right now. Then under that 21 days of prayer tab, you can read through them. We got a little scripture verse at the end. You can click the link and read it. See how we tied that together. Friends, let's grow together in 2021. For many of us, it's time to get off of the spiritual milk. It's time to grow from being a spiritual baby, spiritual Christian, baby Christian, and mature and grow in our faith. And that requires us to make next steps. It requires us to do difficult things to stretch ourselves, to step out, and you're not going to get it right every time. You might even fall flat on your face, and that's okay. That's part of growing. And there's nothing wrong with being a spiritual baby. I have a six-month-old daughter at home right now. It's not like I go home and I see her drinking milk and I slap it out of her hand. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I, you know, hand her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, that would be ridiculous, right? It's okay for her to be a baby. But as parents, we want her to mature and grow and get the solid food and be able to feed herself and have the nutrition that she needs to grow into a healthy adult. And friend, I want the same thing for you as a Christ follower. I don't want you to stay in your spiritual infancy and stay a baby Christian. I want to see you grow in your relationship with God and discover all the amazing blessings and the fullness of life that comes when we grow in our relationship with Him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this challenge this year. And even though this series has a funny title, Lord, I just pray that you would help us with this idea of first fruits. God, that as we spend time in prayer and fasting, that we would get a plan, that we would stick to it, that we'd get these prayer declarations, that we would put the work in and make the time. God, that if we don't make the time, it's not going to happen in our own. We're not going to mature and grow and deepen our walk and our faith with you. So God, I just pray today that you would help us, God, to follow through with this. Lord, if we need to find someone to help us hold us accountable, that we would do that. We would step out and reach out. God, I just pray that we would make these declarations, that we would pray. And God, I am so excited to see all that you're going to do and how you're going to answer prayers, how people are going to draw closer to you. God, how people are going to fulfill and make next steps in growing in their relationship with you, God. Lord, I thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to unpack this over the next couple of weeks as we continue the F-Word series and talk about a few other F-Words as exciting as fasting. Uh, we'll get there and just really great some other things that we have to share with you that we've got coming up in the coming months. But so thankful for you to be with us today. We love you. Don't hesitate to reach out if there's anything you need or if we can be praying for you. We're just so happy to connect with you and we'll see you again real soon. 
Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.